Welcome to the Rhythms Podcast. My name's Hannah. And my name's Chris. This is a podcast about exploring the rhythms, patterns, and habits that bring joy and add richness to our everyday lives. From daily habits to embracing the changing seasons, it's not about mindless routines, but patterns with purpose. It's about making something special out of something ordinary. If you're someone who wants to move beyond just being more efficient or productive and instead find ways to infuse your days with small, familiar moments that matter, then you've found two new friends with the same goal. Every episode, listen in as we share a reflection on the role of rhythms in our lives. Join our conversation as we unpack this idea further and then spend a moment with us considering how that rhythm could shape or add richness to our lives today. This is episode 19, Makers versus Managers. Wow, we're here already. Christmas Day, tick. New Year's, been and gone. Summer holidays, almost over. Which means the return to work and normal life is in your very near future, if it's not already happened. So are or were you ready? Ready to jump back in to begin another year of work, school, taxing the children, insert appropriate daily hustle activity here. If you're not ready and instead wish for a few more days or weeks of lazy, relaxed, fun days with your loved ones or wonderful self, then you're in good company. These last few days of the holidays are like the Sunday afternoon of the year. Our time off has gone too quickly and the giant Monday that is 2024 is looming. And the majority of us, and the majority of us, well, we're just not ready for that Monday schedule and energy. But what if there was a way to feel more ready, organized, even enthused? If you tuned into our episodes at the end of last year, you'd have heard Chris and I discussing how we felt like we'd been running in terms of our work and life all year. You may have felt the same. We were reminded in those weeks and days why rhythms are so important. It truly was my rhythms carrying me through much of that time. My morning ritual of coffee, quiet time, walks with the dog and podcasts on the way to work. The evening buzz of playing with the kiddos in my family, gathering for dinner and then finishing up with a blessing. They kept me breathing. They ensured I encountered simple, everyday, joyful moments, and they helped me get grounded, be present, and self-reflect. So yes, when I look back at 2023, the overall sense I have is of running marathon after marathon. Now, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I'm not saying that running is a bad thing. In fact, running is very rhythmic, so it seems I'm not a runner. In fact, I hear that running can even be a really enjoyable thing. And it's certainly preferable to drowning, which is another word that some of us may have used to describe how we felt in our work last year. You know, there were a couple of times during 2023 when I felt like I was close to drowning in it, like my head was underwater and there was no catching my breath. I had to find some ways to be able to keep bringing my best Hannah to work. 
and not just for the sake of my work or employer, but for me. I want to be a person who, most days, experiences joy in all aspects of my life, even work. I'm really lucky. I have an excellent manager, and the two of us found the perfect opportunity when I was increasing my work hours and workload to discuss some strategies, some rhythms that would help me to do this well, to ensure the best Hannah could show up to and leave work each day. Who knew that taking on more would be the catalyst for getting more sane in the hustle of work? So what did that look like? How did I find what worked for me? To answer that, let me take you back a couple years ago when I heard Emily P. Freeman, aka The Soul Minimalist, talk on her podcast, The Next Right Thing, about the ideas of managers versus makers. I immediately gravitated to this idea, quickly self-identifying as a maker, especially in my personal interests, but also in the type of work I tend to do. What Emily was really discussing was the way that we use our time at work and whether it's helping or hindering us. This idea she expanded on originates from Paul Graham, who published an essay titled Maker's Schedule, Manager's Schedule. As a programmer, the author identifies as a maker. His primary work is to create. He outlines how those of us who are makers are sometimes pressured to work to manage's schedules, which is usually the exact opposite of what we need to do our work well. The manager's schedule tends to be broken up into hour-long blocks, perfectly suited to days filled with meetings, phone calls, coffee catch-ups, etc. The manager's schedule is entirely appropriate for managers, bosses, whose work is to manage people, to participate in and lead meetings, to take phone calls, respond to emails and such. However, those of us whose work primarily is to make and create know that individual hour-long blocks of time aren't very helpful. They're barely enough time to get started on a project, which is why Graham suggests that makers may best work in half-day blocks of time. But sometimes between meetings and appointments, an hour here, an hour there is all we get. Graham says, when you're operating on the maker's schedule, meetings are a disaster. A single meeting can blow a whole afternoon by breaking it into two pieces, each too small to do anything harder. Plus, you have to remember to go to the meeting. That's it. Meetings are pricey for makers because they restrict the time available for our real work. And because attending a meeting totally changes the mode in which you work. And switching back into the headspace required to write, create, make, design isn't as easy as flipping a switch. So what do we do? Well, Graham suggests we could avoid meetings, batch them together, or schedule them at times of day when our energy levels are low. One of Graham's personal work rhythms was to have office hours at the end of each day, and he was disciplined and able to only schedule meetings during those times, so they didn't interrupt his creative work. As I reflected on these ideas, There are more than what I've been able to share, so I really encourage you to go read the short essay and ponder it yourself. It's a really interesting read. I realized that, yes, my current work requires deep and creative thinking, spitballing of ideas, problem solving, reflection, drafting, reworking, and editing. Work that takes time. 
long stretches of time. I also am required to participate in meetings. And these meetings are helpful, but like Graham says, they're pricey. So some strategies and compromises were needed. My solutions, of course, rhythms. Rhythms of work that can hold me and carry me and help me get where I need to go. Firstly, themed days. I've been able to batch my different types and modes of work and areas of thinking into different days. For example, design day Wednesdays. All the graphic design work that I have to do gets scheduled for a Wednesday. And I'm finding my mind is actually starting to anticipate this now, as are my colleagues, the ones who need stuff designed. Once a fortnight, I have a relaxed, delicious staff meeting on a Wednesday, but I found that being able to get started on some design work prior to the meeting and then slipping back into it following works. On days which tend to be heavy on meetings, I've scheduled the more administrative tasks of my work. And Mondays, well, they're for writing work because I'm not interrupted on a Monday as I work from home and because that fresh new start of the week energy is helpful for me to write. So you can see as I'm able, I'm intentionally shaping my schedule to support my making work. I've also been able to shift to starting work earlier in the day. This sometimes means that I can get a couple hours work done before I'm interrupted even by a conversation. As an early bird, this works for me. I can get so much done during those early morning hours. But for someone else, perhaps it could look like a later start, so you have some uninterrupted time later in the day, or even a shift in environment, or maybe headphone time. Whatever can give you a chunk of uninterrupted work time. You know, these are small changes, but they're helping me develop a work rhythm that enables me to be productive and leave work still breathing and satisfied. Plus, I'm still able to work alongside and with those who function best on a manager's schedule, which is a real life necessity for most of us. So, what about you? Does the thought of returning to work make you start hyperventilating as you consider the chaos about to ensue? If so, I invite you to consider your work and whether your schedule is helping or hindering it. Are there some small shifts, some rhythms that you could employ to make you more productive, to help you run and enjoy it? Or if the way you work is outside of your control, are there some rhythms for pre or post work that could add richness to your day? Or if the way you work is outside of your control, are there some rhythms for pre or post work that could add richness to your day? I guess what I'm saying is the giant Monday that is normal life is coming, whether we like it or not. So, what are you going to do about it? Hannah, I love that idea. What I actually love is completely the wrong word. I completely despise the idea that there is a massive Monday <laughs> heading towards me, and it's not it's not just a normal Monday where people look don't look forward to those Mondays, but it's a giant post-holiday, post-rest mountain. 
I know. Well, yeah, I feel like that's what it feels like. So when this episode comes out, Chris, I have like two days left of my summer holidays before I go back to work. And I know that I will be feeling how I feel every Sunday afternoon where I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do? The time of the weekend has run out and it's pretty much Monday already. And like, I'm not ready. And I know that that's how I'll yeah. be feeling. And so I was thinking about it and I was like, that is that same energy of like, Oh my gosh, okay, the return to work after three weeks off or whatever I've had it off. That feels huge. And like it'll be That's great. Magnified, that is. Just that like that little that breath that you have to take before you go into it is like often a heavy one. And then once you're in it, it's okay I, generally, right? We we I, like our I jobs. I think so. Well, I mean, it's probably pretty crap if you don't like your job because you've had like the extended leave away. So I just commiserations for those <laughs> listeners who are dreading going back to their job. Sorry. <laughs> um, but that's one of those rhythms, eh? Our lives and our society is structured around work. And um, we, how we fit into that is really like a common human element of our existence. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, work's not, not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think that you can have like a really great job and still the thought of going back to work, there's something about it is just like hard. I don't know if it's that we, yeah. it's that like a choice of what we're going to do being taken away from us. Or I know le like legitimately for some people, it's just having to get out of bed at a certain time is really difficult. That has like, yeah. I'm it's an early lots, bird, It's but, lots of, yeah. it's practical stuff like, yeah, I have, I have to change like I've been sleeping in and I've been really enjoying that. And now I actually have to get up early. It's super practical, but it's so like, it's such a change. Yeah. Especially once you get used to it. It's kind of like when we came out of like the big COVID isolation and mm -hmm. had to go back into like the workforce. Although that was kind of interesting too, because it like forced us to not do those things for so long that we maybe started to yearn those like really predictable work things. Cause we had a, gap from them we had a really decent break yeah I think like often on the weekend we're happy to like maybe just go and see different people like not the people that we work with when hang out with like friends or family or whatever but yeah you're right like during COVID times I was like oh no I'm ready to get out of this house and like go and see some different people and do some different kinds of things and use my brain in different ways so yes I'm with you there but I think yeah with the holidays that we have all just experienced We've like switched out of our normal work routines and that, I don't know about you, but Chris, I always feel like I'm hurrying at work and like there's too much that needs to be done. And mm. so to have a break from that is so nice. And I think that for me, that's what I always feel like a little bit antsy about going back into is like the never ending to-do list. And actually, like I said in my reflection, I actually manage and, and do quite well there but still, mm. I enjoy the break from it. Reminds me of, um, I love to squeeze in my office quotes here, but like somehow I manage by Michael Scott, who's writing his own self-help book on how to manage, <laughs> yes. but it's like how to manage an office. Uh. Great, great name for a book. But <laughs> we're talking, we're talking a little bit about that concept of uh, being a maker versus a manager and work is a really good way to approach that. I think we, we um, felt like that was a really n not abstract way of approaching this idea of, of being a like managing versus making but like give us the cliff notes of of that you know a lot of us we are creating or producing or making whether that's writing or designing whatever it is you know like our work is to make stuff and for probably most of us we can't do that just 
like on the fly, right? Like there's probably a mm. maybe subconscious process that we go through to like get organ ready and get all the thoughts aligned or whatever it is to do that work. And then we have to like problem solve our way through it and rework stuff, whatever, mm. you know, like this isn't something you can just sort of like jump in and out of. Um, yeah. but often that's what we are required to do because we are managed by our bosses and that's, mm -hmm. that's sort of what our bosses end up doing because their work is quite different from ours. A lot of the time, um, they are going in and out of meetings, they're responding to emails, they are catching up with other people, you know, like their work's so different. So to them, when you think about like a diary or a calendar, it's always organized into those little hour long blocks. And so often a meeting is like, one of those blocks or one of those blocks is perfect length of time for catching up on the emails or whatever it is. But mm. for makers, like we need lots of those blocks. I probably, and I actually do what the um, essay suggests is like, I want to block out like three or four of those when I'm creating mm -hmm. like a newsletter or something, you know, and there would have actually been a bunch of work done before then, but the actual like producing of that newsletter, I can't just do one hour there, one hour there. I need to get into a flow and a rhythm and I need a lot of those chunks of time. And that becomes really difficult if um, a manager's schedule is sort of being imposed on us be and, and that could be because a meeting gets chucked in there. So if I have a meeting at like nine in the morning and then another one at one in the afternoon, that potentially doesn't give me very many hours in a row to do real, my real work of making. Um, mm -hmm. and so that if that happens consistently, that's a problem because how do I do my real yeah. work? So that's yeah. what it's about it's, really. It's funny, this idea of real work, eh? Like... This is like, cause I think everything is work in some way. What occurred to me when you were talking, Hannah, is that I'm at a funny age where I'm kind of in between now. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm kind of moving along in my career and I, I've spent a lot of my career in that maker mold, you know, being the person who creates things, creates value for the organization, creates items, creates things. Mm. And I wonder if this is an age thing as you get more used to receiving and stewarding responsibility is that you move into more of like a caretaking or a managing or a you know and I think I'm I'm kind of in between mm -hmm. and it's interesting because I can see both sides of the field now I can see some of the challenges of being a maker when you have a, a manager over the top of you and being a manager when you don't have the right people or you know the right people ex executing on your vision and it's this like really interesting coordinated dance of getting the right people. And I think that's why lots of organizations who do really well have figured out that balance of we've got the right people making the strategic decisions, but we've also got the right people, equally right people executing the vision mm -hmm. practically. And so it's interesting just, you know, getting on in years and just seeing like both sides of that field really highlights to me how important both sets of those people managers and makers and by the way we're not trying to start something up yeah <laughs> no totally not you know yeah we're not <laughs> exactly and yeah we totally need both and i think just where it becomes tricky is because managers like are often in terms of like authority a bit more authoritative they can without mm. thinking about it impose the schedule that suits them on people that it doesn't suit and so yeah. us being aware of that is really helpful because like i described 
in the reflection, I was able to go to my boss and go, okay, if you want like the best Hannah showing up and doing the sort of work that we're talking about me doing now that I'm going to go to full time here, this is what I'm going to need. But yeah, so I think just like being aware of it and then figuring out what are the workarounds so that we can do it. And it's never going to be that we can just be in a little office by ourselves, never be interrupted doing work. Like that's not real life. We're interacting with people mm-hmm. on different types of schedules. And so there's compromise. But yeah, I guess if we're talking about rhythm and being in rhythm, hopefully we can have our own work rhythms that suit us. But then we also have to like be in rhythm with the people around us as well. So being able to figure that out, how do we do that? And some of us will be able to do that to more of a degree, you know, a high degree than others. You know, there's a there's an interesting crossover between this episode and episode 16, where we talked about traditions mm-hmm. being something for groups of people. And it's it just occurred to me that that's also something that happens in the workplace. Yeah. Is that suddenly you've got lots of repeated rhythms, like the weekly staff meeting is a repeated rhythm that is a, a tradition in a sense that it's repeated and it is, is for a purpose. Um, you know, you have that every week and you've got groups of people and there's this whole rhythm to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how people's staff meetings go, but you know, you might share, you might go around the, the table and share what's happening or. Yeah, that's right. And so how do we have our rhythms that work for us, that work with and for other people as well. And I think like communication becomes really important. Compromise comes re- becomes really important. And even just this idea of working with what you've got becomes really important. Like there's some things that we just mm. can't change. And I think yeah. that's probably something to do with rhythms as well. There's some things we just can't change. There's some things we just have to do. So what are we going to do about it? I, I don't know why this is really weird, but I immediately went to, in 2024, I'm going to like clean all the cups in the cupboard at work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I went there. And then I, then I went, maybe I'll get a different brand of instant coffee. Oh, I guess. Yeah. So Rowena, if you're listening, maybe we'll switch from the Nescafe to like something else. I, I drink instant coffee at work. And it's like you get used to it, but why not have something that you really like want? Mm, I like that. Or even like, and you know that I love the seasons, like having seasonal drinks. So like maybe in the summer months you drink cold brew coffee, you know, or like a more summery Mm. drink. And then when it becomes autumn and the weather turns, then you shift to something else. Um, it could be something like apple-y because apple is an autumn fruit or I don't know, you know, like, yeah. Or if you're at an office, like maybe changing the way your desk is. And that's not just an office thing as well. I really like to change the environment in which I like am in existing. And so if I've got a space at home, maybe change up where things are or try different ways or different. I mean, I'm a bit of a geek um, in terms of my tech. So like changing around, maybe I get a new monitor or freshening up some bits and pieces, or maybe even like, I don't know, getting some different lighting. It's, it's just about finding places, little places where you can win and um, work is one of those kind of battlegrounds eh, where we are faced with this routineness. Mm. And that too directly, I think, affects people's ability to function as a maker or a manager. Because I think if your environment's not very good, if it's really uninspiring, if it's a struggle to go to work and to be the best version of you. And again, I'm talking because I'm I'm talking from my experience as someone who's vocationally driven like work is something uh, I work in a field that I'm I'm driven in terms of my values 
But for some people, work is a paycheck. And so they don't care. They're just trying to, they're just trying to get through the day, make their hours and go home and, and work to live, not live to work. What I sort of realized as I was writing this reflection was um, when work goes well, we leave work better. True. You know? And so, like, I don't want to be the best Hannah just so that I'm more productive at work. I want to be the best Hannah who also leaves work. And so I can't be drowning and, like, not really, man- like, surviving at work because then grumpy, exhausted, worn-out Hannah is who goes home or who's mm. there on the weekend, you know. But when I can, like, get into that rhythm and be running, and, yes, I'm working hard, but I'm running, I'm in rhythm, and I'm enjoying it, metaphorically, I don't really enjoy real running, then a happier Hannah goes home. And so I think that that's why it matters. Even if you're not someone who needs to like love work, what if there's a little shift that you can make so that a happier or better you leaves work? It's crazy just how much time we spend at work. There's, There's a lot of opinions about work and the effect that it has on people and just putting my sociology hat on. Mm-hmm. Work is an interesting concept and it's really funny. We've structured society around it, right? We've made the rhythm of humanity revolve around work. This is an inevitability, unless, you know, you've got special circumstances or whatever, is that work is going to be part of our lives. Mm-hmm. And it's an inevitability in that we should try and make these moments that could be simply, you know, just trying to run out the clock. Like, it's such a shame to waste our lives or to have that perception of wasting our lives, air quotes, at work when we could be actively trying to make it meaningful, even if we don't feel like it is meaningful. And I think that's where we're trying to angle here with this, the rhythm of of finding your place in, in work is how can we make what we do every day more meaningful? Is this going to make me sound like really nerdy? Um, I love looking at like how other people structure their work, like their schedules or what other workplaces and stuff look like. What about you? Like, you know, the classic one is Google, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's like this whole genre of like shorts videos. It's like, check out my, my daily schedule and with <laughs> yes, the like real classic, like editing, like quick editing. And it's like 6.30, get up, work out, go to work. In the tech industry, they have like really unique work structures. Google, yeah, like you mentioned, have these really interesting like free expression sort of slots where you can just go off and do projects that you just do on your own. Yeah, that's right. And like, I think what's really interesting about that, like I'm not potentially going to get that, you know, my boss or whoever just sets up a structure like that for me and my colleagues. However, Mm. when I like really examine it, what I realize is, ah, I like that they give them open time, like, and a chunk Mm. of it to like dream. And so then I go, okay, why does that really appeal to me? Aha, because I'm a creative and I like ideas and I like to think of something new and original. And I realize that that takes time. And so the fact that they get Fridays or whatever it is off to work on projects I'm not going to take that specific practical thing, but the idea of finding chunks of time to just dream and innovate, I can take that idea, you know, like that more broad idea. And I think the guy who wrote this essay, he talks about that as we don't look at other people's work days to like totally replicate their 
schedule, but we look at them and realize, aha, okay, different types of work require different types of schedules, and that can give us ideas for then what might work for us, because we all have unique to us roles. Even if I had the same role as someone else, like it's still going to be a little bit unique because of the person who's in it. And so Mm. I think we can figure out how do we customize this to work for what I'm required to do and the type of person that I am. So what if you're in a really prescribed job? So I'm thinking like, maybe I work at a checkout at a grocery store Mm -hmm. or a supermarket, or maybe I work in retail where I've got really set patterns and things. I feel like that would be quite difficult to find something that you can like grab onto from there and take and apply somewhere really like helpful. Maybe it's this idea of like stacking. So yeah. Maybe you're in retail, so you love clothing. Maybe there's like, you know, you, you can leverage off some of the things that you do in your job to enrich what you do personally. Maybe you see what all the cool brands are and you enjoy fashion, so you you start flipping clothes. You know, yeah. like, I'm yeah. just trying to think. It seems like it'd be quite hard to do in a more prescribed role. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. I wonder though if there is still some scope for like the way that you prioritize or also the way that you order tasks. So if you know like that there's a time when you're going to be interrupted a lot more, like, you know, maybe you're looking down an aisle in a store and you're like, okay, yeah, this aisle is like going to be crazy at the moment because it's almost the dinner rush or whatever. So you can like Mm -hmm. sort of change the order or the way in which you do things to stop you being so interrupted or, you know, like I don't Mm. think in the grocery stores that they're like putting like rolling out the huge trolleys with like just majorly stack or you're not going to like rearrange a aisle during your like peak shopping hour so I think that there is probably some scope for for all of us whatever sort of work we're in for the way that we order or do things so that it can best accommodate the interruptions or yeah, just some of the like practical barriers that we may face. And I think, again, when I was like writing about this, I was thinking about that, like, I don't care counter and like Mm. really just like being annoyed by things, at least for me, can really affect my mood, you know? Mm. Another thing I think as well, which is going on a little bit of a tangent, is I'm a little bit more tired. So we're recording this at the end of 2023. I'm tired. And so like, annoying things are like niggling a little bit more than they should at the moment yeah they become way bigger than they should be yeah and Uh, so it doesn't take much yeah yeah, that's right so then again like being able to manage annoying things I think we can all manage annoying things so they don't like blow up bigger than they have to be you know and that could just be about like like I think I said at the end of my reflection, like your pre and post work rhythms potentially become really important or add some richness. Was there something that you can do on your way home from work to just like do that I don't care thing and like kind of release some of the annoyances? Or do you need more rest so you're not so tired? I totally agree with you. There's some of us who like, we just don't have the scope to shape our own schedule at work. And that's so fine. But what could we do with the time that we can shape to help us be a better person, you know, a better version of ourselves at work? I think hopefully that there's some things we can do. And I think when we have richness in our lives, like in that familiar loveliness that we talk about, those that being present to simple, lovely things, that brings out the best, Hannah. I know it does for me. Mm. 
I'm thinking of uh, like the people in retail over the holidays who have to deal with just really crabby people. Yes. I don't know why it's, it's about the holidays, eh? But just people get, there's a shout out for all the retail folks. Yes. I used to work on a checkout um, mm-hmm. at a supermarket. But um, I was thinking about this supermarket that's up, up the road from my work and they're famous because they have this, they have the display, like the butchery display with the meat and they've got this, that someone who works at the deli, it must be, or the, the meat um, department does like a little mince man. So like <laughs> gets like the minced beef and will make like little designs out yes. of the beef. So there'll be like a Halloween one or like a video game one. I think they're a little bit of like a pop culture nerd because um, they'll do like an anime one. I saw like a Goku from Dragon Ball Z one one day. And it's actually like a little niche sort of fun thing that, uh, you know, some Wellingtonians will know about. And um, I, I go to that supermarket pretty much every day. So I get to stroll past and every day I get to <laughs> see the different mincemans. What I love about that is that this person has a pretty prescribed job. I'm sure there's ways they have to work. Mm-hmm. as part of this but they've taken this really common thing of displaying the meat and turned they've infused something really special into it mm-hmm. and that's actually really made a mark on people because it's just like this really dull boring thing like a blob of mints that you could have just put out but yeah someone's taken this t- this time to craft that and i i think that's a really great example of what we're talking about is finding the little moments we sort of take it by the scruff of the neck we take this thing that maybe isn't so enjoyable or something that we have to do and we take it we go actually i'm going to infuse this new rhythm into it and pe- i think people are attracted to that too that's why some people are magnetic and they're in situations that are really common and mm. ordinary and things that happen to everyone every day, but they they just, they have this different magnetism about them. And I think it's because they've taken that ordinary moment and they've flipped it around and made it something special. And there's something really unique about that. Mm-hmm. I think, and I, I kind of want to be one of those people, you know, I don't know if they're yeah. a maker or a manager or both or none, but they're in their own little mold and I really like that idea. Yeah. Well, what that makes me wonder is like whether they just have this like, this sounds cheesy, but like an inner joy that just is sort of like spilling out of them, you know, like they've got something in them that is spilling mm. out. And I wonder, there's a lot of reasons for that, but for some people perhaps it could be that they are being present to simple everyday lovely moments you know which do bring joy Mm. into our life and when that builds up over days and weeks I think that there's more to spill out of us you know that if we're resilient and grounded I think that we're more likely to have some of that to like share with others and spill out of us so again it makes me think of our episode which was can you hear that I'm just going back to like a cure for chaos so Mm Can our rhythms like help us recover from trauma, but also help us develop a resiliency so we don't get hurt so much, so we can have that inner strength, which maybe for some of us is what allows us to have enough energy, joy mm. to share with others. I don't know, just that's maybe an idea. that's the secret source. Yeah, that's the secret source to these people is that they've just they've got like this reservoir of just things that they maybe like believe about themselves or just find passionate and joyful and they're just yeah like you said leaks out of them and into the butchery display yeah (laughs) Yeah. i like that idea 
<laughs> yeah. Also, if you are in a role, and there's a lot of us who we don't have much scope for shaping how we work, what our schedules look like, I also totally believe that this idea crosses over into our personal lives, right? In our personal time. Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. So that's just another. If you had listened to the whole thing and you're like, well, but no, I can't do that in my work. Like, well, what that look like in your personal life to use your time mm. differently in a way that's more helpful to you? Like, and again, it makes me think of examples I've had before where I like choose to now, I try, I've been a little bad recently, Chris, I confess, of like putting my phone away at certain times so that I'm picking up something else instead. Like that's yeah, a little shift yeah. that I can make to use my time differently. And that's also like, that's strategic. And I was just going to say that we we fall into these roles of makers and managers in our personal lives as well. So you can fall into these camps of makers and managers in your personal life. And what you're saying there about putting your phone away is like a strategic choice that a manager might make in a work environment. But you know that term like life admin? Mm -hmm. Like that's that's managing you know that's that's managing your schedule your like the things that make up your the components that make up your life it can't always be about having experiences making memories um doing things being hands on sometimes you actually have to plan your life and plan its trajectory like we make certain key decisions in life like maybe what we're going to study or you know whether we find a partner or whatever it is, like big life decisions. And those are like management over your life. You know, you're mm -hmm. playing the role of manager. And then within those, you know, you sort of move fluidly into like, okay, now I'm sort of making this next part of my life happen. And then, you know, you might move into another like management phase where you have to make more decisions or you have to think about like long-term things. And so it's not just a work thing, but I think we felt it was a good framing device, eh? like work, because it's so universal to what a lot of us have to do for sure and it's do, like maybe. when this episode comes out obviously that's what a lot of us are facing is that like oh i'm not ready also what you're saying there about like our personal time it made me think about even just the podcast you know when i am doing the work that i do for releasing a podcast i usually do that on a sunday evening just before it comes out that's m mostly admin stuff right like transcribing the episode creating our website page for the episode working on the show notes all of that like that's management that's admin stuff so um a Sunday evening when I'm a little bit tired that's okay I at the moment what I'm doing is like chucking a movie that I don't actually really care that much on so I've got some background noise and then I'm working around that now I have to do at a very different time of a week and it takes a lot longer to write the reflection. And actually this reflection took me a long, 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 long time to write. This was probably my hardest one, actually. I don't know why. Again, well, I do know why. I'm tired. <laughs> but I had I read it out to so many people and then I was like thinking about it after I read it out and I was like, oh, why do I not really like that bit? What do I want to change? What have I missed? You know, and so that sort of work was is so different to me sitting down and just getting it ready to release. And so I need more time for one, less time for another. I need high energy, creative thinking, brain Hannah for one, and one who's like kind of just doing this work while half watching a movie, you know? And so being able to figure that, that's an example of in my personal life, figuring that out and how I can schedule that into my life around all the other things that are in it. That's helpful to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so shall we go into our little final segment of the show, 
which yes. is to figure out, so what are we going to do? That was kind of how I finished my reflection. Monday is coming. The so Monday what? that is 2024 is coming. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Panic. Yes. <laughs> Run around in existential dread that it's just this for the rest of your life until you retire. <laughs> no? Not that. We could do that. Or... We could. Very easily. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, well, I'll start. I think that I'm going to go back to my like weekly schedule. I actually have it on my wall and look at my themed days and just do like a little assessment of like, are those still working for me? You know, there's actually different people now who I work with than I did when I set that. So probably there's some things that have changed. Like actually it's a Thursday afternoon now, which is often when I don't have anyone working in the office with me. So how could I use that time? I think another thing, you know, it's the summer months and I want to feel like I've still got a little bit of summer holidays in my life. So I'm wondering if after work there's time to like put in a walk or something else and and maybe doing that like by the river on my way home or something because that will kind of just help me do that like releasing the work stuff but also reflecting on how the day went because we've talked a little bit here about how being mm. self-aware is really helpful um, and being able to like think through how did that go why did I feel like that why did I react like that in, an, in a lovely place you know that's that stacking thing doing something lovely and doing something that I need to do um, that that would be a helpful thing for me so yeah I think that's mm. what I'll do. Yeah, that sounds good. I I think mine will be around environment. So I, I as I was saying, talking about my work environment, I was thinking we don't haven't done really a lot to kind of spruce up our environment a bit. So I think I'm gonna get really practical and hands-on next year and really look at ways of enriching the environment that I'm working in. Cause I actually think that'll make me a more efficient maker when I need to be and a more mm. efficient manager when I need to be. Because I have the environment working with me, not against me. So mm. real simple one is like, um, we, man, we struggle to do our Zoom meetings or our, like our Teams meetings on, on video call. There's always some kind of technical problem. <laughs> and like, that's such a practical thing that I have the skill set to fix. So I think I'm, I'm actually going to like make sure that in 2024, we're not going to have any issues with our video conferencing. Nice. <laughs> you know what? And make, and make the boardroom a really welcoming environment. So when I do have to meet with people or we do staff meetings, it's actually a place where it's actually really rewarding to be in and part of and not mm -hmm. just be under the fluorescent lights at, in an office building, dredging through this awful experience. It's actually a place maybe where it can be really enriching and nice. You know, I'm fortunate that that's within my ability. So I think I'm going to get real practical and hands-on and, and look at my environment. All right, everyone, Monday is coming, but we're all in it together. And why don't you literally take us along with you to work, pop those earbuds in and listen to the Rhythms podcast next time that you're heading to work. But also, like we've been talking about, we do encourage you to think about what are some just little shifts or changes that you could make this year to make work a place that when you leave, you're still your best self. And if it doesn't go horribly, then you can also DM us your terrible work stories and we will laugh, cry with you in those. So yeah, make sure you, if you're not already, you're following us on Instagram um, at It's Rhythms Podcast. Um, and that's where we can laugh and cry together about the wonderful and crazy thing that is work life. 
and let us know if you're a maker or a manager we'll chuck it up in the poll and until next episode we will see you later bye thanks for listening to the rhythms podcast for show notes episode transcripts and more remember it's rhythms.com. that's it's rhythms.com if you enjoyed today's episode don't forget to subscribe rate and review on your favorite platform it really helps us out we want to hear from you if there's a rhythm in your life you want us to talk about or a question you'd like to ask us about this episode or any others get in touch you can email us at therhythmspodcast at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram at itsrhythmspodcast. Or if you're listening on Spotify, make sure to use the Q&A feature. See you next time on The Rhythms Podcast.